Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Rich Eisen Show with guest host Tom Pelissero. Cannot get enough of that Jeff Saturday quote. Stay with me, boys. Every day is Saturday. What if they, what if they win? Saturday. What if they win on Sunday? If the Colts win? Yeah, what if the Colts beat the Raiders? Like, that's not a crazy thought, is it? Not at this point. No, I mean, the Raiders aren't playing particularly well either. So certainly it's it's within the realm of possibility. You got Parks Frazier calling the plays. We have literally no idea what that's going to look like. Young, talented coach. People there have told me he's a stud. Uh, but it's a, yeah, it, it's, a, <laughs> it's a projection, put it that way. The entire situation is a projection at this point for the Indianapolis Colts. We don't know. And here's the deal. As always, I look to Vegas, Tom. Not Mm. the team, but the city and what goes on there. Yesterday and throughout earlier this week, the Raiders were six-and-a-half-point favorites. They're down to minus six. Can you bet on them just first half? Sure. I should. Have Why been are people betting on the Colts? <laughs> because the Raiders look like a team in disarray recently. They, they haven't played well. I mean, it's as simple as that. Now, there is something to be said, that, that placebo effect. When you have a new coach and you're just hearing different things and maybe it feels different and you get a little juice and he can get you jacked up in a way that Frank Reich couldn't in terms of what he might say before the game, it's possible. A lot of things are possible. Is this going to happen? Uh, we shall find out. Sorry, I keep cutting you off. Um, one minute ago, at the real Adam Schefter, I know there's some fake blue checks going around. Actually, Adam Schefter just tweeted, the Raiders are placing Darren Waller on IR. There are many tweets about Darren Waller being on IR. That is correct. So Aggravated, his, ha- aggravated his hamstring. Team believes it will give him four weeks to come back healthy and finish the season. Hamstrings are, are a difficult deal. Keenan Allen has dealt with his for like six weeks now. Played once in that span. It's just difficult to know when you suffer that type of an injury, you know, what's going to happen. Every guy thinks they can come back sooner than they actually can, but that's another loss for the for the Raiders. It's another loss for my fantasy team, Tom. And mine. All, all of us. <laughs> and I just Man. dropped Evan Ingram. Foster, now i got to figure Foster, it out. Foster Moreau season. Uh, the D.C. Attorney General has just begun his press conference, or is about to. He's promised a major announcement on the uh, Washington Commanders. Meanwhile, earlier today, uh, we we mentioned it, Ron Rivera had to address his players about the dueling statements that have been put out, including one talking about Brian Robinson getting shot and talking about out-of-control violent crime 
in Washington, D.C., basically saying, look over here. Why are you worried about what's going on with us when you have this going on within your city? And by the way, they did make multiple arrests in the Brian Robinson case here recently. Here was a tweet a few hours ago by J.P. Finley, who's one of the B reporters covering the Commanders. Throughout Dan Snyder drama, Commanders players have done a good job of trying to block it out, but I've heard it's different now. Players are mad lawyers tried to use Brian Robinson, a rookie, in their rebuttal about business issues. Might not say it publicly, but guys are pissed. Doesn't happen anywhere but Washington. (laughs) You think any player on any other team knows anything their team attorneys or even their external counsel, as Jason Wright said, has ever said about anything. No, it is only in Washington. How do you prepare for a game against the Eagles on Monday when this is going on? You might be on, I don't know if they're on the practice field right now, but how do you possibly turn your attention forward here with this level of stuff going around? It it gets through, all right? Social media, every player's on it now is why coaches are just about every player coaches are hyper conscientious of the messaging aspect even coaches who years ago mike mccarthy was one of them would have just said we just block out the noise we don't address it now you have to address everything because it's such a part of people's lives and because even players who are in meetings they get phone breaks now they get an opportunity to take a break and look at their phone in a lot of these buildings <laughs> so you're gonna see it and then the media is gonna ask you questions about it like, if you're a player, maybe you were a poli-sci major, criminal justice, odds are you're being asked a question about congressional investigations and potential charges from a district attorney and NFL investigations. You have no idea what to say. You got nothing on it. But it's time that you're not focused on the Eagles. And that's you know, one more way here that everything going on off the field with the commanders just has a trickle-down effect on what's actually happening on the field, which makes it a borderline miracle with a backup quarterback that they're, what are they, four and five? I think right now they had a three-game win streak before they lost to the Vikings and had that game. They were up 10 uh, late in that game. So we will we will keep an eye on the uh, commander's pressure. TJ, you were, uh, you were quiet during the last segment, too, on asking me things. I feel like you had a couple that you needed to get to there. Did you have oh. questions for me? Well, I, you know, my, my biggest question is, you know, Rose kind of like what you do. You always see you guys that are insiders. You always get the notifications. You always get the scoop. And I'm just wondering, like, how did you get to that point? Like, what separates you from your peers? How did you get this, like, insider title? How do insiders become insiders is basically what I'm wondering. It's it's a good question. I think a lot of it has to do with just years of relationships and a – understanding how the league works. I mean, it's one thing to just, you know, watch my words carefully here. There are certain people in the industry whose methods for news gathering may be different than my own. Okay. Uh, Understood. But if you build actual trust with people and actual relationships with people, it uh, in some ways becomes harder because it's not merely getting something and then throwing it out there. Well, make sure it's right. Correct. Well, you need to make sure it's right, but also... There are scenarios where by putting something out there, there may be five other people who you count on who get mad at you. And so making sure that people have an understanding that they're not blindsided by your Twitter account, that's a factor in this. Mm-hmm. It's also about sustaining, you know, relationships with people. I mean, I don't I don't have the gene in my body to call and yell at somebody if they don't give me a scoop. I don't <laughs> do that. Yeah. I just don't. Some other people might. 
I don't. And so you're basically counting on people liking you enough and valuing the information that you can give them, the way you can help them, right. that there's some level of a, an exchange over the course of, uh, of many years. So it, it's a complicated answer, but it's just, you, no matter what you do, you can't really microwave it. You have to go through it over the course of time. And then also have the, uh, <laughs> the wherewithal and the self-awareness to be able to go, well, 15 minutes ago, I was talking about Darren Waller being back at some point this season. Now he's on IR. That's an L. All right, we'll, we'll move on from that one. There's more scoops out there uh, that we'll be able to get to. And by the way, they do still think he's going to be back at some point, but obviously the hamstring had not, had not come around. But you're going to lose. You're going to lose. You know, we have Ian Rappaport on here uh, shortly. He, he does not like to lose. He's, he's, he's definitely a bad loser. <laughs> uh, but everybody, but he's told me that many times before, just you have to... You're going to take some. You're not, you're not going to get everything. And that's the, you have to have a certain mental toughness to it. Understandable. And also, also in Christian, we talk about this. There's also the race to like, you want to be first. Like so many people want to be first, but I think a lot of us would rather you got it right. I, I don't care who breaks the story first necessarily. Just get the story correct. Is In your, in your world, is there like, I mean... Secretly, are there people like, yeah, this guy is just all about like doing we all, this. We all know who the people you are. Know, okay, yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at. Take yeah. their shots. <laughs> that's what I was getting we, at. We all know who the people are who you see it and you're like, I don't know, man. Like, that's. <laughs> Let me check on this. That's a projection. Mm-hmm. You know, and then there's other people who like you, you have a yeah. pretty good level of faith. But again, it goes back to, um, you know, you talk about getting it right. Mm-hmm. It's also about, you know, verifying that. You know, I, I'd rather be late 10 times than be wrong once. And okay. so, I mean, an example of this. So Frank Reich gets fired the other morning. I had a pretty good sense that this was a possibility. I'm sure Frank did as well, though not as soon as Jeff Saturday. Uh, and <laughs> Jeff Saturday's wife knew before Frank. <laughs> so I, I, I had been on the phone with somebody m- minutes before. And uh, at that point, there was nothing, nothing had taken place. Now, Frank may have been in the meeting at that point, but it had not trickled down to other people yet. Two minutes later, I'm in the shower. The same person calls me back. I'm like, is it a butt dial? And they just call back to talk. I'm like, what are the odds? And so they call a second time. I'm like, all right, so I pick it up, and it's Frank's been fired. So I'm hopping out of the shower here. Wow. My wife does Zoom calls in our uh, <laughs> dining room, so I'm like, I can't. In my current state, just run downstairs. Uh, it's like I don't like doing breaking news tweets on my phone. I've gotten burned a few ways that on that uh, over does. time. Yeah. Better, better chance on the computer. So I throw a towel on, run down the stairs, calling somebody else to be like, "Hey, I'm about to tweet. He's out." And as I'm typing the tweet, uh, Schefter tweets it, and so I'm just like, "Bang!" So my tweet is just Frank Reich fired. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Tweet the rest. Right. But if I had just gone with the initial call and tweeted it, I would have been first. Outside of the people who live on Twitter like we do, right. I don't know how much people really notice it. But what does that get you, though? Like, do you get extra? Is there a bonus in the check? Like, It'd be great if there was. I don't think so. So it's like... It, it's the it's the just, capital. Just to be able to say... It's, okay. it's the capital to bosses, to fans, to... People who you know rely on that. There's a lot of people who have Twitter alerts set up for a very 
Very See, small number of people who break news. As you know, I don't know this Twitter world. I'm very unfamiliar not being on the platform, so I'm just trying to what figure out. What do you out. mean with Elon to get reinstated? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want reinstated, man. Life has been better without having to look at Twitter all the time. So, well, Especially with the current blue checks not meaning anything world that we seem to be uh, I had to double well, check the Darren Waller news. Well, I, you know, I got I, before I got suspended and banned permanently, they turned me down for, for a blue check, even though I sit here and talk into this mic uh, three hours a day, every day. So, yeah, I guess Twitter just wasn't for me, man. The writing was on the wall. So, you know. Stay humble. Did you, Tom, did you, when you started your career, did you think you would get to this point? Of where you're breaking news and kind of at the forefront here of the NFL information. I started my career in 2003 at a radio station in Minneapolis, and I was making eight bucks an hour, 20 hours a week with no benefits. So no, at loved that it, point, right? I was just trying to figure out how many cans of chili and ramen <laughs> can I eat before it kills me. But you were loving it, right? Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I mean that was the that was the 2003 Vikings that started out six and zero. And then collapsed and lost on the final play to Josh McCown and the Cardinals in the final week of the season. Yeah. He throws the touchdown in the end of literally the last play of the season, and they missed the playoffs. And it was a great crash course in everything and watching, you know, some of the true professionals who were on that beat. Um, but no, like I, I still, I'm not, I haven't made it. I'm, I'm sitting here. This is a lot of fun. Yeah. But like I have, you know what I mean? Like you have to constantly have that hunger to get better to to want to push yourself on this stuff. So I just, I'm just happy I get to do a lot of different stuff for NFL Network right now and do shows like this beyond from games and hopefully break some news uh, along the way. Let me tell you something. 2003, Tommy P sitting there eating Top Ramen. Yeah, he would think that you made it at this point. <laughs> my man. Thinking back yeah. on that, yeah, being 22 years old and doing that, like being the player's age, and now I'm the coach's age or older than the coaches. <laughs> I believe Tom Brady's the only player left who's older than me. I'm 41. He's 45. I think he's the last one that I've got. And so when he when he walked back in February, that was a that was weird, right? That was a rough moment for me. Now he's back, and I'm like I'm holding on just a little (laughs) bit, a little bit longer. But it's yeah, the the relationships are different now too. I think back to you know I was on the the Packers beat at the Green Bay Press Gazette, and like the conversations you'd have with players at that point, and like seeing guys out partying at the same bars you were at, living in the same apartment complex, like that stuff doesn't exist now. Yeah. Now I'm more on the, you know, the age and the level of the coaches in right. terms of like the conversations. And so that stuff definitely evolves uh, over the course of time. And it's interesting just to see. Um, well, hold on. Oh, oh, something. We've got, I'm just checking here. We've got a statement. Oh, this is a statement from the attorneys representing the players awaiting the press conference. We do not yet have the oh, press no, conference. No Sorry press for the false alarm. Yet. Oh, man, I thought we were going to get live breaking. That I, don't want to, I don't want to delay too long here. Uh, so we'll get back to it. Hopefully we'll have news on the commanders. we got a lot more to talk about. Uh, my colleague, Ian Rappaport, we certainly can talk more about Insider World with him. I think he was probably live on TV when the Darren Waller news broke, so we can get a little bit more into that. With Ian as well, a whole bunch of other things that we can do throughout the course of this program. Harrison Smith is going to join us later as well. Ian Rappaport, NFL Network Insider. What's the latest on Josh Allen? What's going on with Kyler Murray's hamstring? What happened with Darren Waller? We will talk about all that with Ian coming up next on the Rich Eisen Show. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least... 
The partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O, O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. A lot happening right now. <laughs> yeah, right. Josh Allen not practicing again today. That is significant in football terms. That's two consecutive days because of his elbow injury, not on the field as they get set to face the Vikings. And meanwhile, from the commanders, and specifically from Attorney General of Washington, D.C., Carl A. Racine, who is conducting a press conference at the same time that Ron Rivera is conducting his normal daily press conference. Oh, gosh. So there's that. Add that to the list. The Attorney General announces, my office is suing Commander's owner Dan Snyder, the Commander's, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell, and the NFL for colluding to deceive district residents, the heart of the Commander's fan base, about an investigation into toxic workplace culture after public reporting revealed that sexual misconduct, harassment, and misogyny ran rampant for decades at the team. The defendants promised D.C. residents that the league was going to fix this toxic culture, including by fully cooperating with an independent investigation. Uh, I am not an attorney. Neither is my next guest, though we both at times have to pretend that we are one on TV. He's an NFL Network insider. Many might call him the second best NFL Network insider. Uh, my friend Ian Rappaport is here. Uh, you can see Ian and me. I don't know why I'm not on the card here. Sunday on NFL Network's NFL Game Day kickoff, 7 a.m. Eastern time, leading up to Seahawks Buccaneers at 9.30 a.m. Eastern from Munich. Uh, Ian, obviously, again, we're not uh, equipped to get into the legalese here, but this does not sound good uh, for Daniel Snyder, and he is currently under fire from a lot of different angles. Uh, what do you make just of the developments here in recent days, including those dueling uh, statements that went out from the team yesterday? 
First of all, I would take issue with your credibility uh, with regards to being calling me the second best insider. I mean, if you say people are saying it, such as me, fan, what? Um, how? What should they believe? Like, which of the other false statements of yours are they going to be subjected to? If, like, if you would lie about something as important as this, then what else would you lie about? There's still time to lower you to number three, Ian. So if you want to answer my question about the commanders, feel free. Otherwise, <laughs> oh, wow. uh, we'll adjust the rankings again. Whoa. No, it's fine. Firm but fair. Um, first of all, it, it is interesting, and I'm, I'm kind of like you. I'm reading this stuff right now. I'm watching the press conference. I'm trying to figure out what, cons- what a consumer protection lawsuit is. And, you know, what it seems to be is basically that the commanders pretended everything was fine while telling their fans that everything was fine while everything was certainly not fine as it pertains to workplace misconduct and really like five other things with the command. I mean, so many other things with the commanders. That's what it seems to be that they sort of defrauded, allegedly defrauded the public by not admitting that they were messed up in many, many ways. That is essentially my summation. Um, added to the list though, Tom, you know, like, like there's five other investigations this is now another one, and, you know, obviously it's significant because it's the, you know, DCAG and all that, but it's really kind of just at, th- throw it on the pile. You know, like how many other things is there going to be? Is this the one thing that is the tipping point? I don't know because there's so many other investigations going on. The people I've spoken with, uh, high-ranking, well-sourced people, uh, believe that Dan Snyder is leaning toward eventually selling and I would imagine this will only sort of kick that in the right direction. Carl Racine, the uh, attorney general for District of Columbia, holding his press conference now saying in part, and this is from Mark Maskey's tweet, uh, the office is seeking financial penalties for every instant in which the commanders, Mr. Snyder, the NFL and Commissioner Goodell lied to district residents dating back to July 2020 could face millions of dollars in penalties. Roping the league and the commissioner into this, uh, certainly, Ian, I think adds another element since the NFL has, whether it was Goodell going before Congress, whether it is uh, having Mary Jo White to run an investigation into some of these allegations, the league has tried to, and and previously finding Daniel Snyder and suspending him for whatever that's worth uh, based upon an earlier investigation. They've tried to play the role that they are governing the turnaround that they hope and that they talk about a lot for the commanders what the attorney general seems to be saying here is you are equally culpable and i would certainly anticipate that the league is going to respond forcibly once they wrap their arms around this yeah i would imagine there'll be a statement or two coming and i would also wonder you know if the league if the ag believes that the league looked the other way as it pertains to workplace misconduct where and when and what proof is there i mean that's you know, that's sort of what this is about. I mean, there's, you know, are, are they going to find instances where Dan Snyder was very well aware of the workplace environment? I don't know. Uh, anecdotally, my guess is probably there will be a couple. Um, but at what point did the league know that the workplace, uh, you know, culture was so bad and did they just ignore it? Like, I would be curious what sort of uh, actual evidence there is of that, but... One thing that I know for sure is this is all going to play out very, very publicly because all of these things seem to play out publicly. So lucky for us, this will not be the last time we'll hear of this unless and until Dan Snyder sells. And then, you know, will that will settlement of 
whatever this is be part of that sale, I think that would be a question moving forward, too. And meanwhile, Racine, who is still talking, says that they will seek a court order to release the findings of the previous Beth Wilkinson organization, which has been a rallying cry for the many women who had, through their attorneys, um, attempted to cooperate with the NFL investigation uh, and move this thing forward. There is other news happening here. Ron Rivera having his own football press conference, by the way, at the same time as the attorney general is fitting based upon everything that's happened there. But let's talk about what's going on in Buffalo here, Ian. Josh Allen not practicing for a second consecutive day, dealing with the elbow injury. I know you'd previously reported this is something they hope that Allen is able to manage. Where is the uh, where is the level of hope, if any, that Allen's going to be out there on Sunday against the Vikings? Yeah, I mean, I think there's two parts of this. There's the the fact that it's not like when when this happened, my brain immediately went to like thinking Bobby just tore his elbow apart. Uh, it seems to not be that. It seems to be a UCL sprain, which, as you know, is a tiny tear, not a big tear, which is good. Um, the fact that it's not out for the season and that it is something he can manage is excellent, excellent news for Bills Mafia and Bills fans, and also Josh Allen himself, because that would be really bad. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to play this week. And it seems to me to be somewhat similar, maybe not quite as bad, but somewhat similar to the UCL sprain he had to his rookie. It was either his rookie year or his second year, where he kind of missed, you know, missed some time. I think missed three or four games, and then when he was able to get back. Um, he looked like his old self. Like I, I don't think it'll be that many games, but that's sort of what I'm thinking here is something he can rehab. And most UCL sprains for football players are non-surgical. That seems to be the case here as well. NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport is our guest. Kyler Murray also popped up on the injury report yesterday. Ian, as did his uh, opponent this week, Matthew Stafford, with a concussion. Uh, concussions, of course, that's part of the NFL's protocol. But with Kyler and the hamstring, something that we saw actually on Hard Knocks, if you watch the Hard Knocks in season last night, when that popped up in their last game, did not seem like it was uh, particularly comfortable for Kyler. What's your understanding about the odds that we see him uh, coming up on Sunday? Uh, not, not great. You know, um, I mean, and it's not just like, let's say, uh, I don't know, pick your pocket passer. Let's say, uh, you know, one of the older pocket passers had a hamstring injury. You'd be like, okay, well, like he could move around the pocket. He'll probably be fine. Kyler Murray is dynamic. He is athletic. He moves probably as well as anyone. And I would say he needs two healthy hamstrings to be himself. And I think this is part of it because, it's not really like, oh, can he, you know, fight through an injury? Is he tough enough? It's like, can he be the quarterback that he actually is with a bad hamstring? And I would have some doubts on that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think there really is a chance we see Cole McCoy this week. Um, there's a reason why you pay all these backups so much money to stand there and hold a clipboard. So if you have to turn for them, turn to them, you have some confidence. And I think he's a pretty good one for Arizona. It was interesting watching the exchange last night on Hard Knocks with the mics on between Kyler and DeAndre Hopkins on the sideline last week because I know there were some people who thought, well, this is just them talking. It looked to me, watching it live, like they are arguing. And then you watch the clip, and DeAndre Hopkins is basically saying, what are you looking at? I'm open. Why, why am I not getting the ball? You had the report last weekend that the Cardinals had gotten trade calls on DeAndre Hopkins. How seriously, if at all, Ian, did they 
consider any offers that they got? And quite frankly, does DeAndre Hopkins want to be in Arizona right now? Well, there's definitely some frustration on the sideline. And reality is he's going to be in Arizona through the season. You know, usually, Tom, when there are trade rumors, they don't evaporate into nothing, right? Like, you and I both keep a pretty solid whiteboard on in our office on things to check on and things that are storylines that are ongoing. I will not be removing DeAndre Hopkins' future from my whiteboard because teams tried to get him this, this time. I would imagine they will try to get him in the offseason, and it's really just is the right price. Um, and I, I didn't get the sense that Steve Kahn considered it seriously at all. And when I talked to some people who called, basically what they said is he's not trading him. So that makes sense, um, but they're, you know, kind of running out of time to fix it. And I think, you know, the DeAndre Hopkins suspension, you know, probably short-circuited this a little bit too because it made it much harder for the team, at, at, you know, to start the season, give them a much, you know, sort of higher learning curve. Um, it's tough. It's been a tough season, and they got to fix this pretty quickly. What happened with Darren Waller? And what is still happening with Darren Waller here, Ian? Yeah, so, you know, every year there's like two or three hamstring injuries to star players that just don't get better. And I would say Keenan Allen's probably in the same boat. I don't get the sense they're going to do this to Keenan Allen, but it's a hamstring that just hasn't gotten better. And each time you practice a little bit, instead of being just kind of a hurdle you overcome, it just gets worse. And I think for Waller, every time he tried to practice, it got worse. Um they put him on IR. He is now out four games, and hopefully by the time he returns, his hamstring will be better. You know, it also leads you to wonder why this wasn't done earlier. Um, but hamstrings are kind of different, and so much of it is like a feel injury that maybe that was the feel they got early on was that, you know, we can manage this. See, the frustrating thing, though, is like this is supposed to be a great celebration of a season for the Raiders. New coach, new GM. New star players. I know they rebuffed trade offers for Waller at the deadline, um, and nothing has gone according to plan for the Raiders. There were a lot of depressed people in the studio when news broke on Darren Waller landing on IR. I think we're three for four of having uh, him on a fantasy team. Four for four. And you're four, four for four. 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 All, all four people four in this studio. Yeah have Darren Waller on a fancy team, including uh, myself here. The guys also had a question for me about uh, whether or not Josh McDaniels is on the hot seat. My answer in short, Ian, was there's no reason to believe that right now. This has obviously been a disappointing start to the season. There was also always an inevitable type of growth process that was going to have to take place when you're changing things culturally and schematically with a veteran team of big personalities that won and were in the playoffs last year. Yeah. Do you, do you agree with my assessment, and, and where do the Raiders really go from here? Um, I do not believe he is in trouble. Um, I was also told by very, very high-ranking sources in India that Frank Reich was not in trouble two weeks ago, and I'm pretty sure he got fired on Monday. So um, it's the NFL. It moves way faster than it ever, ever, ever has moved. So I understand that, but I don't believe he's in trouble either. Um, and it's really, really interesting for the Raiders because they are not good, and I think everyone expected them to be good. And they just put one of their best players on IR. They cut a former first-round draft pick um, in Jonathan Abram, and they face a Colts team this week that is pretty horrific and also has Jeff Saturday as their head coach. 
if the Raiders continued to be bad, like really, really bad, that would be terrible. However, it would also put them in position to have a really, really high draft pick and allow this you know, general manager and coach to start to build their own foundation after taking over from the scraps of Mayock and whatever like wasteland of first-round picks that he left them. It's really like a fascinating spot for the organization. And I don't know that they would embrace you know, a high draft pick, but it would not hurt in the long run if they were able to take someone in the top five or the top ten for a team that probably did not expect to be able to do that. We can't get enough of, of the Jeff Saturday press conferences here, Ian. Uh, the new saying, every day is Saturday, I think is uh, it's very popular right now. What are, what are your early impressions of everything you've seen and heard since Jeff Saturday was plucked from his TV analyst job uh, and handed the reins of a Colts team that's trying to figure this thing out? You know, I, I have no idea if Saturday is going to be good or not, um, but if he was bad at press conferences, that would say a lot of bad things about his TV job. Like mm-hmm. he literally talks for a living. If his not anymore. Conference... <laughs> well, I mean, it's basically what he does now, anyway. But um, you know, if his press conferences sucked, you'd be like, well, "What was he doing over there at whatever show he was on?" Right? <laughs> I mean, so he should be good. It makes sense that he's good, uh, and I don't know that it matters at all because, like, giving speeches in the locker room is about. 0.01% of what you do as a head coach. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think he sounds good. Um, it's, you know, still in a position where he should probably not be there, um, given all the other talented people who are actually coaches. But I would say his press conferences sound good. Like you mentioned Mike Mayock in there and the drafting record, which, as we both know, it's it's hard to really pinpoint who is making the picks because John Gruden had such a, a huge um, influence over the organization, everything they did personnel-wise. But like Mayock's another good example. Mike is a great guy. We both know him really well from working with him at NFL Network and a good evaluator of talent. But there's so many other things that go with that job just on the front office side, on the evaluation side. Yeah. It's about running your meetings. It's about having a plan for where your area scouts are going to be. It's how you go through the pre-draft process. Plucking him just yeah. set him in such a – basically he wanted to be a college scout. He could still evaluate players, but all those other things weren't really what he was about. And coaching, in my opinion, is so much harder because of all the other aspects of that job and the way that you have to manage the players. I mean, is the GM, unless you're cutting the player or signing them, you're, you're probably not super involved. Now, something goes wrong, whatever. But it, it, on, the co- on the coaching side, you're involved every single day. It's just, it's wild to me when you have somebody hired directly off TV. And granted, I would say Ian, Jeff Saturday, and Mike Mayock both more qualified than me or you to take that job. But it's a lot easier to sit here and talk about things that went wrong and what you would do differently or getting a call from your boss or your future boss saying, hey, how would you fix this? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Tell him to block better. All right, you're hired. That's basically what happened here with Jim Irsay hiring Jeff Saturday. I just I don't know how how you translate one to the other, especially when the locker room. You know, quite frankly, no offense to Jeff Saturday, but I don't know that 90% of the guys in that locker room know who he is. Yeah, I mean, well, he's been around the organization plenty uh, with, you know, Ring of Honor stuff, so I would assume they have some idea. But, yeah, so I, I will never forget, like, a week. I was so excited for Mike Mayock to get the Raiders GM job, right? I mean, I love Mayock. Like, he's great. He was a great teammate at NFL Network. 
And I was so excited. And I will never forget early on getting a call from one of the scouts there who's like, hey, uh, Mayock doesn't really know what he's doing. Like, what? I'm like, yeah, like all the stuff that like the meetings and like the planning and like, I think it's going to be fine. He really doesn't know. And I guess eventually he figured it out because he did the job for a couple of years, but like it's very different. And, you know, Jeff Saturday saying that, well, you know, I've seen successful GMs and coaches, you know, I've watched right. coaches like, okay, cool. You also had Peyton Manning, but whatever. Like <laughs> watch people be good. Um, that is not the same as actually doing it. We'll see what happens. Maybe he uh, gets to prove everyone, including me, wrong, but um, – no, uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'll stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last thing, Ian, for you before we let you run. You mentioned the whiteboard in there. You and I do uh, take. TJ was asking earlier about you know what goes into uh, being an insider. Like a big part of it is organization and just like not forgetting the things that are going on in the league and being able to kind of have a running log. And one of the things that you like to do is when whether you break the story or not. If it's a big story, you sent us a video of you erasing that off the whiteboard, mm-hmm. which is always a big moment. What's your favorite thing, whether you broke it or not, your favorite thing that you were finally able to erase off the whiteboard so far uh, this year? Uh, I would say my my favorite one, you know, getting to erase to Sean Watson, um, knowing everything that went into, you know, getting that one and reporting it in the way that we did, like, you know, every step along the way for months and months, like, that was fun. I enjoyed the Baker Mayfield wipe-off. Like, that was a lot of fun because that was, I mean, you know the story. Like, I was on the golf course playing congressional. I got a call when I'm in the sand trap that, hey, this is going down, and, like, you're, like, you know, the go call is coming and all. And it was it was stressful and it was fun, and we ended up breaking it. And, and I was in D.C., so I was away. And being able to come home, literally the first thing I did when I came back was like, can't wait to erase this thing. And it was, it was awesome. <laughs> did you hit the shot from the sand trap or tweet first? Um, I was waiting on the call because, uh, if I remember correctly, Darnold needed to be called. And I wasn't going like, to mess that up, right? Because that's just, you know, there's a way to do business, right? So I was like, all right, I'll wait. And... It took like four minutes. We let a group go through us, and at some point, we're like, <laughs> I have my friend hold the phone, and I'm like, "If you get a thumbs up from this person, you just hit send." And I hit the bu- I hit the bunker shot. I bladed it out of the bunker over the green. Ended up double bogeying the hole. And as I'm walking to the next tee box, uh, I got the go call, and then you know yelled as loud as I could. Hit an absolute bomb of a drive. Uh, on 17 and then finish the round. It was, it was awesome. I've played golf with you before. You did not hit a bomb. You have bombs on Twitter here and there. No, 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 no. I'm hitting a lot, I'm hitting a lot further now. I, a, lot, a, lot more, a lot more length off the, uh, off how, the average Average drives when we played together last summer, how much longer was my drive than yours? Well, I mean... It's a, you could never measure it because it could go literally anywhere. That's true. That's one of them. Some of them weren't the accurate, but I'd say 80 yards conservatively. No, so, get out of here. No way. No, no, no. I drive it. I, I'm very realistic. I, my best drives are like 270. 
If I bomb it, it'll be like 290. No chance. You are not hitting 270. There is no way. I told you I'm hitting it a lot further now. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll have to get back out of the course. Thank you, Ian. Appreciate you taking the time on a busy day. All right. (laughs) Bye-bye. Ian Ian plays like a a 75-year-old. Like he is dead straight. But like driver goes maybe 205, you know. Yeah, wedge yeah, 75 yeah. like he just but he just hits it straight and he's good around the greens and can putt and i hit the ball i almost drove like two or three greens when i was with him we were playing a shorter course in new york and then i would like you know six chips and putts to get it in <laughs> that's that's the big difference there uh you can see ian and me card does not say me but by the way i am also on the nfl network pregame show before that uh, seahawks uh, buccaneers game in uh, Munich on Sunday. The show starts at 7 a.m. Eastern. Meanwhile, you can listen to the NFL and the NFL app on the Odyssey app on westwoodonesports.com via Westwood One Station Streams or by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports sponsored by AutoZone. we got a lot more to come throughout the course of this show. Dave Doran, NC State head football coach, can join us at the top of the hour. Viking safety Harrison Smith is also going to join a lot more to dig into, too, around the NFL, including what's going on with Josh Allen. We'll do that after this on The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at The Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Sitting here reading various passages in the filing by the uh, Washington, D.C. Attorney General with regard to Dan Snyder and the commanders, uh, I will just fairly say this. I'm not going to get into the details of various allegations. I would just say... Well, you got into them during the break. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone who thinks that the original Beth Wilkinson report should be released and can only imagine what's in there, a lot of it appears to be in here. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And so 
as much as Daniel Snyder has, again, we have not yet seen a statement from him, and he has tried to defer many things in terms of uh, waiting for the legal process to play out, waiting for investigations to play out, beginning to explore his options on a potential sale, though not actually committing to selling the team. Uh, this this may advance the ball. And the, and the dynamic where the league in Roger Goodell are also parties to being sued as part of this changes the other dynamic, which is to the extent that the league had been investigating the commanders and in previous years disciplined the commanders, but also on some level protect the commanders by having everything stay within the internal investigative system, the internal disciplinary process. That now has gone outside. And this is the next level to the entire thing. I I struggle to even think what the NFL would look like without the Dan Snyder factor. In terms of, if you're every other team, don't you just hope this goes on forever? Like, other than, you know, a few few comments, a little clip from the press conference, have we talked about the Colts today? We, that'd be the sole focus. Barely. But you got one team that perpetually creates these storylines and these headlines, and it does give cover to people. There, there's a great theory within the league that I've heard from many people over the years which is that, you know, name, name your great coach, Bill Belichick. The Bill Belichick, yeah, he's a, he's a good coach. But he's not that great. Everyone else is just that bad. <laughs> There's a lot of people who just aren't very good right. and get opportunities and just can stay for long periods of time. And we don't really hear about other owners at this stage, in part because Dan Snyder is the one that everybody is pointing the arrows at. And Jim Irsay, of course, spoke at length about that during the league's fall meeting. You would certainly believe that this gives added credence. And again, I fully expect we're going to get a statement from the commanders. I don't have, I truly do not have any idea what it's going to say. I'm sure it's going to fire back at the attorney general. I doubt it involves any of their current players as part of it. And at the same time, the commanders trying to get ready for a game against the Eagles on Monday night, an Eagles team that we, we don't, I don't think that we've talked about as much if they were a different, they were someplace else. If this were the Cowboys that were undefeated at this point, I feel like we'd probably pay a little bit more attention. I think that part of that has to do with lingering doubts about Jalen Hurts, who spent his entire three year career with everyone in the league trying to get rid of him and trying to figure out, all right, who are the Eagles really going to get? Who's their real quarterback going to be? We could put that to bed now, right? I don't think it goes to bed until the first round of the draft passes in April wow. and the Eagles haven't tried to trade up. You, you just don't know. And you have to see how Jalen Hurts continues to proceed here. I mean, and this is not in any way a criticism of the organization, but I don't recall one firm, this is our guy, we want to pay him after this season. If, if, if he is your guy... He's in line for a very lucrative contract extension after this season because he was a second-round pick. He's not signed. He doesn't have a fifth-year option. So next year will be his contract year. You probably don't want to go down the tag route. If they're not extending Jalen Hurts after this season, that raises the natural question of, are you keeping the door open to do something else? And I think that that's the plight of a lot of uh, quarterbacks who are not top draft picks 
you know, Kirk Cousins is the ultimate example of playing the entire thing out, getting your opportunity, and just going year to year on the tag. But there's a lot of other quarterbacks who have shells of success at various points in their career and never get to that point of actually having the commitment. And the lack of commitment can challenge you in terms of how you lead. I think that's part of why this is such a credit to Jalen Hurts, what they're doing this season. You've seen him loosen up a little. I interviewed him uh, along with Sean O'Hara in training camp. He actually dive-bombed. We were interviewing A.J. Brown, supposed to do him next. He just popped in, invited himself in, which when the quarterback decides, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in your interview, you just, you know, you go with it. You, and you saw little glimpses of the personality there because he's so serious. He works so hard. He's not the natural, you know, type A... Uh, outward leadership guy or vocal leader, but he does have that quiet confidence to him that that trickles down. And that's something you heard going back to Alabama and Oklahoma and everywhere he played uh, back in college as well. So he is a guy the players in that locker room gravitate towards. He is playing at a high level. He hasn't thrown. He's not on pace to throw for 6,000 yards, but he's way more efficient, way higher completion percentage, seems to be developing under Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen, I'm Brian Johnson, and the rest of the coaches there. I'm just interested to see over the second half of the season, what does he do, and does he leave the Eagles any type of choice, or do they have to make him the guy for the long haul? 